Lord, in your word. Be with us and use us now for your glory. It is in Jesus' name that we do pray. And for his sake, let every heart say amen. We are truly grateful to God again for yet another opportunity that he's given us to share just a word from the Lord. We thank him, first of all, for calling us out of a world of darkness into his marvelous light and for placing us into the ministry. We want to recognize our assistant pastor, Reverend Minor, and our pulpit host, Reverend Shoemate, and all of the ministers that are present, all the deacons, all the trustees, each and every member, this great choir, the ushers, the security. We thank God for each and every one of you. And to our pastor emeritus, we also acknowledge him and to the committee, we acknowledge them for uh, giving us yet another opportunity to just share just a little word from the Lord. I'm going to call your attention to the gospel as recorded by Matthew chapter 21. Let me say happy Palm Sunday to everyone. Reverend Shoemate has already shared uh, part of my text this morning. And he blessed us and he took us to the cross and to the grave in his prayer and got Jesus up and I was sitting there and I was saying, wow, I don't even have to preach now. But we're grateful for, again, for this opportunity that the Lord has provided. And if you don't mind, we're going to preach anyway. I want to call your attention again to that 21st chapter beginning at verse number 1. And we're going to read verses 1 through 11. Reading there from the King James Version, you will find these words. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a coat 
with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughters of Sion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a coat the foal of an ass. And the disciples went, and they did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the coat, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that, were, that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. And blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. We're going to take our thought from the 10th verse, where it says, and when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? Pray with me for our useless subject this morning. Mama, who is this man? Mama, who is this man? This theme comes this morning from an old slogan that dates back some 85 years. Uh, it's been made more popper, popular recently uh, by Mark Jackson, an announcer for the NBA. Mark would use the slogan uh, to distinguish the daring feats of LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. Uh, every time they would make a dynamic or spectacular move, uh, Mark would say across the airways, Mama, who is this man? 
I want to suggest to you this morning that we've got somebody much more dynamic, uh, much more capable than Kobe Bryant or LeBron James. And if you don't know him, I'm, I'm talking about Jesus this morning. Most of us uh, have probably had the unfortunate experience of looking for something and not being able to find it. Uh, because we had the wrong idea, the wrong concept in our minds of what we were looking for. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You uh, go to the refrigerator and you're looking for a package and a piece of cellophane wrap. And after you move everything that's in the refrigerator several times, including the item that you were really looking for that was in a brown paper bag all the time that you moved several times, you realize that uh, even though you knew what you were looking for in your mind, you, you just hadn't pictured it like it was presented. You go to the garage, you're looking for a particular tool, or you go to the closet, you're looking for a pair of black shoes and a white box. And you move all 200 boxes of shoes in the closet. And it was in the gray box right next to the black box before you moved it several times. But whatever the case, you missed it the first time because your mental picture of it was just wrong. Uh, you got it wrong. You know, you were, you, you knew what you were looking for, but in your mind, you were, you were looking for something else. Most of the Jews in Jesus' day missed him as their Messiah and King because they were expecting a different kind of Savior. They thought that the Messiah would be a, a mighty political deliverer, one who would lead Israel uh, 
to some form of military victory over the Roman regime. They were not looking for a lowly savior coming to them riding on the foal of a donkey. In their minds, they could not conceive of a suffering savior, and especially one who was even willing to go so far as to offer himself as a sacrifice for sinners on the cross. And so sadly, they missed the coming of their king. And I, I want to suggest to you this morning that many people still miss Jesus. Well, he, he hasn't gone anywhere, but uh, many people still miss Jesus because of wrong expectations. The Lord our God is not some genie in a bottle. Uh, he's not here to grant you every wish and take care of your every whim. He's not a magician who is going to wave some magic wand and all of your problems and all of your cares will just disappear. Uh, my Bible says that in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. But if you really want to truly experience the joy of the coming king, I want to suggest to you this morning uh, that you need to have a proper understanding of just who Jesus is. Uh, you need to know him so that uh, if he comes into Macedonia and sits down next to you, uh, you'll be able to recognize him when he comes. A writer this morning, Matthew, who was one of the 12 disciples uh, and who penned this account, wrote specifically so that he could prove to the Jews uh, that Jesus was their Messiah, their eternal king. And Matthew knew Jesus personally. Uh, he had a personal relationship with him. He had walked with him now for three long years. 
he has seen him perform many miracles and uh, he had witnessed all kind of miraculous things that the Lord had done in his presence. And uh, the biggest miracle that he had witnessed was that he had changed him. You see, Matthew used to be a hated tax collector. But when he met Jesus for himself, when he saw him and he met him for himself, uh, his life was changed by that man from Galilee. And so Matthew was trying to get people to hone in on Jesus. Uh, And so in his gospel, he uses at least 53 references, uh, Old Testament references of the coming Messiah. He was hopeful that if they just read their Bibles, if they were faithful and just read the scriptures, uh, when Jesus came, they would know who he was. He kept dropping hints all through his gospel. At least 53 direct references and totally, I think there were about 76 references that he used in all in his gospel. And I want to suggest to you this morning, uh, as I move along, God would have all of us know who Jesus is. He wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to know him, to, to get to know him intimately, to talk with him and to walk with him and to tell him all of our problems and all of our trials and all of our cares because he knows that we can't bear these burdens alone. And so in Matthew's gospel, he makes sure to point out all of those things that will encourage folk uh, to come to Jesus and to know him for himself. Uh, Come all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, That's a promise if you know him for yourself. And yet we see in our text, and the Lord wouldn't let me get by this, you know, after all this stuff they were going through uh, in that 10th verse, uh, you know, he had turned the whole city into an uproar. Everybody, he was the central focus. Everybody had their eyes on him. Everybody was... Uh, paying him close attention and in the 10th verse they say who is this? I mean he has been ministering now for three long years. His popularity is at an all time high. Uh, He's probably touched somebody in everybody's family in that whole city. 
Because, you see, he had an uncommon touch. Uh, there's a story in, in, in Matthew where it says that this woman had had an issue of blood, and she had it for 12 long years, and she had been to the doctor, and she had spent all her money, and, uh, uh, you know, she still had this blood, and all she did was touch the hem of his garment. And she was made whole. He had an uncommon touch. He, he went around healing folk. He, he, the, the scripture said on some occasion, he healed everybody that was in the crowd. And people were still talking about, who is this? I probably was just like him one day, and I, I probably would have uh, hunched my mama and said, Mama, who is this man? I would want to know for myself what everybody, what the, all, all the confusion is about, what everybody is talking about. And so... Mama, who is this man? Well, our, our text suggests just a couple of things, and I'm going to get on out the way. So you won't have to go home and ask Mama, who, who, who is this man? Let, let me take just a minute and try and try, try and take. First of all, he is the Lord God Almighty. He is the omniscient one. He's all-knowing. Uh, God knows everything. And he knows everybody. He knows our down-sitting and our uprising. He understands our thoughts so far off. God knows everything. That's why he could tell those two disciples to go over into that town near us and you'll find a donkey there who's tied up, just untying. And when, if anybody say anything to you, just tell them that the Lord has need of them. The Lord God Almighty, the one who knows everything, has need of them. And when you tell them what I said, They'll let untie him and let him go. He's eternal. Uh, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And he promised, if we know him for ourselves, he has promised never to leave us, nor to forsake us. And so whatever situation we find ourselves in, we know that God is right there with us. And then when you read this text, you realize that uh, this text Matthew is dealing with uh, has its or origin in the book of Zechariah, the ninth chapter, and 
the ninth verse. It's a text that points directly to the coming Messiah. It told him how he would come, how he would enter into the city on the foal of an ass, a donkey. And so it was simply letting us know, letting all those folk in Jerusalem know, hey, your king has arrived. He's here. I know he didn't come like you wanted him to. He's not on a stallion, a black black stallion, or, or a white horse, uh, clothed in armor. Uh, but this is the one you've been looking for. You know, again, isn't it amazing how we can be looking for something uh, and all the time it was right there. Uh, that's what God has been trying to tell us all along. You know, all the time we're walking around looking for something in our lives. Uh, we're still partying. We're still doing this and doing that. And uh, everything that we needed was in Christ Jesus. Uh, if we would just learn to identify him and know him for ourselves. So Jesus, uh, Mama, who is this man? Mama say he, he is God, the Lord God Almighty. He is the Messiah of the Old Testament, uh, the one whom all the Old Testament scriptures had been pointing to. Uh, Mama, I, I'm starting to understand a little bit about who this man is. Uh, and then again, he is the king. I think I already mentioned that, but he is our king. Uh, not only is he our king, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, he is God incarnate, uh, God in the flesh. And because Jesus is our king and he comes to reign in our lives, we should be able to rejoice greatly for our king has come. Mama, Mama, who is this man? Yes, Jesus Christ is our king. And the phrase translated in uh, Zechariah, your king is coming to you, can also be translated, your king is coming for you. Uh, that is, for your benefit. Uh, to receive the benefits, though, uh, that this king brings, we must first recognize that we have a need. Israel at this time was under the dominant and powerful reign of Rome. Uh, the Roman ruler was treacherous. Uh, he was evil. He was mean. Uh, and 
He did everything he could to hinder them and to hold them back. And they couldn't get up if they wanted to. Uh, They had no power. They had no strength. They were incapable of fleeing and freeing themselves. But look at the contrast. Their king had already come. King Jesus had the power to deliver them and he would always have their best interests at heart. Spiritually, we too were at one time under the control of a powerful enemy whose name was sin. And the truth is we could not free ourselves. But the Bible says that for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Mama, Mama, who is this man? He sounds awful good to me. He sounds like he can help me in my situation. He sounds like somebody I want to meet for myself, somebody I want to know for myself. Tell me, Mama, 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 who is this man? Well, I'm getting ready to hurry to a close, but the text lets us know right off he's Jesus. Uh, Jesus. The Savior of the world. Uh, Matthew said in his gospel, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sin. Philippians chapter 2, 8 through 10 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Mama, Mama, who is this man? He can free me. He can deliver me from my sin. Not only can he deliver me, but he can provide for me the place to go when I leave here. For the Bible says that the wages of sin 
is death. And all I was doing was hastening death when I was living in sin. But this man had come. And I know the idea of Jesus as king and Lord is often difficult for us to accept. For most people simply uh, still want to be their own king. They still want to be in control of their lives. They still want to make all the decisions and uh, still don't want to yield their lives or surrender their lives to Jesus. And I don't know if I told you, but if you compare all four Gospels, John lets us know that uh, all of this takes place on Palm Sunday. It was just six days before Jesus would go to the cross and uh, die for the sins of each and every one of us. And so you, you, saw, you saw the crowd. Uh, when Jesus came in, they uh, made a big commotion. They uh, we started shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Uh, Hosanna interpreted means, uh, Lord, save us. I mean, they were shouting. They were having a good time. Uh, and most of them in that crowd that day made a shallow commitment. Uh, how do I know that they made a shallow commitment? Because just a few days later, uh, that same crowd uh, that was shouting and praising the Lord and hooping it up and having a good time, uh, talking about praise him, in just a couple of days, a few days, was shouting, crucify him, crucify him, kill him. Mama, who is this man? Again, on, on Sunday, they shouted, Hosanna, Lord, save us, Hosanna in the highest, Didn't take long. Uh, got with the wrong crowd, got mixed up with the wrong people, and they turned on Jesus just like that. Crucifying. Uh, that's what happens when you hang out with the, the wrong crowd. First uh, Corinthians 15. Uh, 33 says evil communication corrupts good manners. So it doesn't make any difference how strong you think you are. You keep on hanging around with those folk that aren't any good. And sooner or later, you'll be right back where you started. I'm going to take, take my seat. But by now, I 
we got a pretty good idea of who Jesus is. Uh, he's the one who died for me. Way back on Calvary. He's the one who came down through 42 generations. He's the one who came from heaven to earth to show me the way. From the earth to the cross, my debt was my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. He died one Friday. They took him out to Golgotha's Hill. They nailed him to an old rugged cross. They lift him high and they hung, stretched him wide. He hung there from the ninth hour to the third hour. And he died. He hung his head and he died. They pierced him in the side, they took him down, and they buried him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed dead all night, Friday night. Stayed dead all day Saturday and all night Saturday night. But early, Sunday morning, he got up with all power in heaven and earth in his hands. Mama, who is this man? That he conquered sin, death, and the grave. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I'm not worried about what tomorrow might bring. I got my ticket. I'm on my way to glory. And I want to share one last thing with you. In Zechariah, the ninth chapter, the tenth verse, uh, that text reminds us that he's coming back again. His first coming, he came as Savior. But the next time, he'll come as judge. You ought to receive him while you have the time. Mama, who is that man. As we all stand together, the doors of the